There's nothing like knowing God. I love Paul's writing. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, be made conformable even unto his death. Like we like to quote the first part, sometimes we don't like to quote the second part. (laughs) But you know, in order to come to Christ, you have to turn away from yourself. In order to receive from Christ, you have to turn towards him to receive. And Christ lives inside of you by the presence of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God has become one with your spirit when you're born again. And so you're a three-part being, I'm a three-part being. I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. And if you're going to connect with God, if you're going to hear from God, it's not in your body and it's not in your mind or your emotions, it is actually in your spirit because God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, uh, man, that means so many things, praise the Lord. That's in John chapter 4. You must worship him, they that worship him, they that draw near to him, must worship him, must draw near to him in spirit and in truth. Well, if you're going to draw near to God, you've got to bring the word with you. It's going to be in truth. It's not going to be based on lies. You know, we, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word is truth. So anything outside of the word is a lie. So if we're listening or we're talking things that are outside of the word of God because the circumstances seem to indicate that the word of God is not true, this is more true, well, really, we're dealing in lies. And that's what the devil deals in. He deals with lies, untruths. Um, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a way, a truth, and a life, but I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, don't, don't think that that just includes, and it does include, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But don't think all of a sudden you got born again, you received Jesus Christ, and you went to the Father through receiving Jesus Christ. He's your conduit, your connection, your life connection to him. That all of a sudden after that, you're just going to go apart from Christ. This whole thing is centered on the Son of God. The spotless, sinless Son of God. And so when we come to God, we come by Him and we come through Him. And if you're going to have an extraordinary life, if you're going to have a life that is more than just ho-hum, 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 I got that from T.L. Osborne, if that's not a current phrase. He used to always say that all the time, so... (laughs) Sometimes you say stuff and you're like, is that current? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean when I say ho-hum? Okay, uh, you're going through the motions. So like week in, week out. Oh, yeah, I went back to the job. I got there at such, such a time, and, and then I did, did all this. And like, do you remember what you did on the job like three weeks ago on Thursday? Most of the time not. Do you remember what you did two years ago? If your life is going to go beyond the natural, beyond this 
world's things, which moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal, all the stuff that Jesus, he's basically saying, hey, this is all temporary. And this is all subject to change. But that's good. He was talking about what, what the world, uh, you know, basically sin entered the world and all of a sudden the world begins to decay. But it's subject to change. So in other words, we're not limited to the decay that we see in the world if we punch a hole into heaven beyond the natural realm, beyond the earth realm. Well, the only way you're going to do that is by the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit. Because um, Jesus said in John chapter 14, Jesus said, verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and he will bring all things to your remembrance. Verse 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you'll ask anything in my name, I will do it. Really, actually, it literally means if you demand anything in my name. I better not go over there. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter. This is verse 16. That he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. One translation calls him the spirit of reality. Whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, he's speaking this to his uh, disciples, and he's teaching uh, prior to when he ascended. You know, he's talking about what is going to happen. He's talking about our day. So if you're born again, he is in you. 1 John 4, 4, greater is, you know, you are of God. Actually, uh, you know, sometimes it's just part of it, but you are of God, little children. You're not of the world. You're not of a man, but you are of God. Well, what does that mean? And have overcome them. What is that? The principalities, powers, the forces of darkness that rule the world is what is the context he's talking about. So you are of God. So don't think this is of yourself. Don't think this is of, of human generation or human propagation, but you're of God and you have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So there is a he that's in the world, but you're of God. You're not of the world. And so uh, you've overcome them. Why? Because of you? No, because of greater is he that's in you. Why? Well, because, as we're talking about in this series, he has directed his love towards you. He chose you. All in all of your, you know, it's not like me choosing you or some other human. Because he knows all of your weaknesses, all of your faults, all of your failures. But he also knows that in, in, in spirit, when you were created, he created you. Yeah, you have a flesh and blood body that was propagated by the seed of your parents, but the real you is your spirit. Do you know when God created Adam or man in the beginning, actually it says he was a lifeless body until God's spirit breathed into him. And so you are 
not of the natural world. Yes, you have a natural body. Yes, you have a mind that reasons that that should be renewed with the word of God if you really want to be successful in the things of God. But most importantly, you are a spirit made in the likeness and the image of God, made as much like God as God himself has the ability to make a creature. You are of the God kind of species. So ways of man and the ways of the world, you're going to have to do it in the spirit. What does that mean? Like you just kind of like just get all mystical and la la all the time and you don't go through life. No, no, no. Your life is built upon and based upon the word of God that is breathed into you by his spirit. And the word of God that is lit up with light by the Spirit of God. In other words, if you're going to have a successful prayer life, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. But that's a pretty tall statement, what he just said. If you abide in me, well, legally you live in him the second that you receive Jesus Christ. You're made a brand new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything is brand new. So all these old things, they, they are, uh, is there a, a word for that? They, they, they're redeemed. In other words, they, they are, uh, in law, they would call it expunged. But it's like they are removed from existence. These things are like completely gone. So that you're not, man, if you try to... If you try to remember the bad things you've done and the mistakes you've made and all of that, and then, and then you're going to go pray to God, you might as well like use your time doing something else because you cannot get in that way. Or if you're going to try to remember all of the good things that you've done and all the wonderful things that you are, you, know, you only get in by the blood. Jesus is the way. So if you're going to approach God for anything, you're just going to pray and just, you just want to talk to him. Well, you're not going to be able, you know what I mean when I say connect with him? Like, something happens when you actually talk to God, and he talks to you. You never go away empty-handed. You never go away less than what you were before. You actually go away, and you're like enlarged from the inside. And, and this enlargement affects more than what your mind is conscious of. This enlargement actually affects supernatural relationships. And this enlargement actually affects um, the decisions that you make. Sure, in a conscious way, but also in an unconscious way that you're not even aware of. You cannot commune with God, connect with God, and not be affected by it. It will change the way you think. It'll change the way, it'll change your desires. All of a sudden, uh, things of the earth take their, uh, you know, these temporary things that are, that are uh, many are good. They're not bad, but all of a sudden, they take their right place. All of a sudden, like this thing that you've just been like, well, I'm after this, I'm after this. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But you're after it, and it's actually getting your attention. And it's the thing that you're attending to instead of the word of God. Those things all of a sudden take their proper priority in their proper place. 
Because this is not a gospel that is only for when we get to heaven, that is only for the inside of man, but it's a gospel that is for the inside of man that affects man's whole being and whole life experience, beginning from the second that you receive Jesus Christ. You are now the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we'll be like him, for we will see him as he is. And so this life that we receive from God by the Holy Spirit, the very life of God that comes to live inside of us, Brother Hagin would say, uh, the Holy Spirit is not just in there for a ride. He's not just a hitchhiker. Well, what's he in there for? Well, he's in there to do what Jesus said in his word. And if you believe that and you contend for that and you act like that's true, that will happen in your life. He, he's there to lead you. He's there to guide you. You know, it is better for you, the son of God, who knows all of the things about you, all of the intricacies of you. He said, it's better for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Ghost will not come. Do you know what? Then you'd have this, if Jesus didn't go away, if he just stayed, he didn't die on the cross, you would have this like most amazing being in the presence of the earth that you could um, experience with your natural senses. But you want to draw near. You want that life on the inside of you. And more importantly, God wants to live and dwell inside of your being because he wants the ultimate closeness with you. He wants to share, you know, he loves mankind. And he said, the word says that Christ was like a lamb that was already slaughtered or slain before the foundation of the world. And yet God made man and he knew man's weaknesses. So before he even made us, he made provision for us because he loved us, because he set his love upon mankind. And so... He has always wanted a relationship with you. Now, you may be part of his family, but are you living in fellowship, relationship, uh, conversation, communion with him? Because if you live that way, your life is invigorated with a source that the world does not know and does not offer, cannot offer. All of a sudden, you've got something on the inside that will, if you yield to him, really a better way to say someone on the inside, that if you yield to him, will affect the outside. Somebody's talking about healing. You know, well, I believe in healing. Well, how about believing in the healer? Because all faith, real faith, is a faith in a person, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. The word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by um, or is awakened by hearing the rhema of God. That's the word of God spoke directly to you so that you're like, you know, you know that you're, you're connecting with God, that you're trusting him when you feel like that scripture, that passage, the word that was spoken was directly for you. And you think, was that for anybody else? Or was that just for me? You got rhema going on. I don't mean the Bible school. 
I mean God speaking directly to you. When that is happening, boy, you grab hold of that and you let that settle deep down in your spirit. You know, I... (laughs) Sometimes you... Well, really, the Bible, I don't know what verse it is off the top of my head unless the Lord reminds me right now, but uh, there's a verse that basically, if I paraphrase it, said like, the more you know, the more you see how little you know. No, it's not just a saying. That's the scripture. And so <laughs> the more acquainted you become with the, the word of God and the spirit of God, then the more that you begin to see how little you really know. And really, then, the more hungry you are for the truth. Because if you can get beyond uh, the natural side of who you are, um, maybe a better way to say it is, if you can live your life and your actions are burst from your spirit rather than from what you feel or from what you see or from what your best friend thinks or from what the news tells you, or from what, you know, a well-meaning uh, preacher would say. But if you can live your life based upon what the Word of God says, when you see it as illuminated by the Spirit of God, I mean, you'll be like F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth. I don't know, he wrote the book Christ the Healer. T.L. Osborne was a friend of his and said to him, you know, how are you doing? He's like, oh, he's like, I'm doing really good. He's like, I'm so happy I have to rub my grinning muscles at night because my face gets sore. <laughs> Why is that? Well, because all of a sudden you, you, you live by the truth. You live from this. But it's not just a, uh, if, you, if you try to live by the truth of the word of God, the word will become dry to you. You were never, um, a new creation man was never meant, I feel like it's ignorant just saying this statement, to approach God, the things of God, the word of God without the Holy Ghost. In fact, new creation man uh, can't do it if you're acting from that part of your being, from your inward man, because you become one with the Holy Spirit in your spirit. Your body is the temple of your spirit. But your spirit is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, your body is also the temple of the Holy Spirit. But do you realize how ignorant it is when we try to live a life for God and we don't yield to, look to, and respond to his spirit? It's not possible because he is the enabling force in our life. And he, man, he's so loving and so patient and so, so merciful. Have you ever noticed sometimes the person in the room that you really, really want to hear the most from is the one that says the least? <laughs> Unless you ask them. And then sometimes the person you want to hear the least from is the one that says the most. And you're kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. I've been in, I've been in groups of ministers where, uh, you know, someone with, you know, 
more experienced, higher rank in the body of Christ, if you want to call that, is, is talking. And then a more inexperienced minister is like trying to butt in and say, oh, this and this and this. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> He's like flowing with the Holy Ghost, and you're like telling us about your dog or something, you know. You're like, oh. But you realize that the Holy Spirit, he's a perfect gentleman. So he doesn't like butt in. So you could like be saying all this stuff like, oh yeah, and I, I learned this from uh, the word and I know this and I know this. And you've got somebody kind of like knocking on a little door inside of you. Like, hello? Maybe I'll say something. But you could just override it. It's the easiest thing in the world. You override his promptings or his checks. And all of a sudden you find like, you started out maybe in the spirit, and then you kind of like, it ended a little dead. And you're like, oh, what was that? Well, that was you instead of him. So there's you yielding to him, but then there is you like uh, giving something of yourself. So the thing about the spirit of God is, oh, he is everything to us that Jesus said that he would be. He's our teacher. He's our guide. You guys know I love that he, you know, King James says comforter. But really, and he does comfort. In other words, like, uh, we, you think of that a lot of times in sorrow and a time of death. Well, maybe a better way to think of that is that if in that time or in those difficult times you look to God and you say, you know what, I can't do this. I'm just giving you all these concerns, all these words. The peace of God, one translation says in Philippians, comes in like a garrison of soldiers in a turbulent country. Well, imagine you're like in Iraq or Afghanistan or someplace. Maybe if you weren't in the military, it doesn't mean as much, but anyhow, I was. So, <laughs> And well, you can even think about in the Old Testament with the prophet. You know, the young man was looking after the natural. He saw all of these armies surrounding, and it was like a done deal. And he's like, uh, aren't you going to do something? <laughs> Through uh, Faith does not make, he that believes does not make haste. So the prophet said, the Lord opened his eyes. He opened his eyes, and he saw chariots of fire and horsemen of fire that surrounded the enemy. So much in greater number than the number of the enemy. And you know, that's really the case in our lives because God himself has gone to battle on our account and has actually already defeated any force that could come against you to try and dominate you. But if you're going to keep your eyes set on what your natural senses will tell you and what your natural senses will communicate to you, man, you will be defeated. And you'll wonder, how can I be a child of the king and I'm sitting here in prison because you are not living your life from who you really are. You're living your life from who the world thinks you are. And you're living your life from who you interpret yourself to be based on the world system and based on the senses. So you're like, well, you know, I, I can't do that. You know, I could never, you know, uh, move to that country and and uh, do a work for the Lord? Don't you know I don't have the money? Don't you know I don't have the experience? Don't you know I don't have the connections? Well, if you're just going to be an entrepreneur in the ministry and you're going to start a business and call it the ministry and you're going to be successful if it was a business or the ministry, maybe not. 
But if the Lord calls you to plant something and he puts you in a place, you'll still fail if you don't do it from the inside. But if he calls you, he anoints you, and you yield to him, stay in connection with him, communion with him, no. Like Paul said, I learn in all states how to be content. So it doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything's going to immediately flourish. Or it doesn't mean because it immediately flourishes, it'll always continue to flourish. But your pattern will be like this. You may have like, you know, if you, I'm talking about on a graph. So you may have like this, but like this. Because Paul said, I have abounded and I've been abased, but I've learned in all states how to be content. And so our reliance is, is not to be on what we can produce apart from the Holy Ghost. Our reliance is to, to be upon what God can do through a vessel that is yielded to his spirit. Because the comforter, which I started to say a minute ago, actually means that he is an invigorating force and power that rises up within you. And I love how Barclay says it. it allow, he allows you to turn in the midst of a fierce storm to turn and face the storm head on. That's what the comforter means. That's why I don't like the quilty comforter picture of the Holy Ghost. Because you've got a, you, someone died and this happened. And it's not just like, oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be. He is that. There is that peace. But he is like, it's going to be okay because now I'm infusing you. And I'm going to live through you if you'll just yield to me. And then all of a sudden, you might think to yourself, well, this is pretty amazing because I should be distraught. And I should be distressed. But I'm not. I'm living above in the place of rest. Instead of living beneath in the place of fear, you live above where you're blessed. And so the Spirit of God is a perfect gentleman. And if we will yield to him, our life will have a fragrance that doesn't come from this world. And our life will actually be lived on a plane above. Like the Word of God says that we are the head and not the tail. That we are above and not beneath. Do you ever feel like you're beneath? We call it in flying. You know, I learned to fly uh, privately. But uh, they call it when you're flying uh, that you are behind the airplane. And what that means is you're flying and all of a sudden, you know, like uh, people think, oh, it's such a beautiful day to fly. Look at all the, you know, um, puffy clouds, you know. Well, those puffy clouds mean that there are like heat thermals coming up from the ground. And when your aircraft hits that heat, boom, it like, it'll shoot you up sometimes like 400 feet at a time. I'm talking a light aircraft. So you're just flying along all of a sudden, you've got this elevator up. That's how they do these, you know, these, you see these uh, gliders. So these gliders, they'll tow you up and uh, to a certain altitude, and then they will release the cord that they towed you up with. And you have no engine, no nothing. But on the right day and the right conditions, you can be up there for hours, eight hours, just flying thermals because they're just pushing you up. Well, when you get behind the airplane, what happens is all of a sudden you're flying and all of a sudden you feel, you feel this. And you look at your instruments, your altimeter is going like this and you're going up and you're like, okay, I'm going to go down. And then when you go down, you overcorrect and you go a little too far. And then you're like, oh, I got to come back up. So the forces that are coming against the aircraft 
instead of you controlling the aircraft, you have to respond to all of those forces coming against you. Uh, they call it, uh, many times in companies, they'll call it putting out fires. Like, are you making progress? Or are, you, are you getting into the new veins that you want to get into? No, I've just been putting out fires. Well, if you don't live from the inside out, your life as a believer will be putting out fires or you'll be behind the airplane, what I call behind the airplane. So like, oh, this happened, oh, this happened. But you know what? Jesus said he will show you things to come. Do you know sometimes he specifically shows you things to come? And sometimes he generally shows you things to come. You know, like uh, we look for the Holy Spirit to speak like a man speaks. Well, that is not the primary way that God speaks. The primary way that he speaks is through the inward witness. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, the spirit of God, our man, is the candle of the Lord, searching helping you to see and to know the inward man of who you are. In other words, he speaks to you on the inside in your spirit. As many, and then uh, Romans says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the first way that God will lead you by his spirit is the witness that you are a child of God. Well, that means that's almost like a proof text. What does that mean? Well, you know you're a child of God because you have the witness. How, how do you know you're born again? Well, I know I'm born again because the word of God says it. God is not a liar. He's not a man that he should lie. But also, we have two other ways. We know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren, but also because of the witness of the Spirit. So the first witness of the Spirit that you get as a believer is that you are a child of God. So I know because of what I understand, what I know of the word, what I know of God, what I know of faith in God, that because by faith, I am born again. But I also have the witness of the spirit, that I am a child of God. So the same witness of the spirit like that, that's the primary way he's going to speak to you concerning any detail of your life with a witness of the spirit. Sometimes people say like, how do you know you're supposed to do that? I don't know. I just, I just know. I just know it deep down in here. Uh, that's called like a witness of the Spirit, or that's the voice of the Lord, the primary way he speaks. And, and that way is not uh, demonstrative. That way is so subtle. Like I said, he's a perfect gentleman. If you, if you live a life of chaos, if you live a life with a lot of commotion going on, um, you don't take time to wait before the Lord, you might not hear too much of the, of the witness of the Lord because you're, you're focused on these other things. You know, I could like give great examples because I have four little children. <laughs> and just even in natural things, if you're trying to hear something or focus on something, we were listening, driving yesterday back from South Carolina and uh, trying to listen to something in the car and the kids are laughing and playing and it's wonderful because they were having fun, but it was really, really hard to hear. And I'm like, oh, what, what, what was it? What was that? I wanted to, I wanted to hear that. And because um, of all these other distractions going on, well, you're always going to have some distractions going on in life, so what you have to develop is you have to develop the ability to tune out all that stuff, and you turn, can you say that? <laughs> tune your dial. It used to be like, I need to bring one in sometime to illustrate for young people, but you could like pick a radio station, instead of being digital, it would be like, and you start to hear it a little bit, and the closer you get, then the more clear it would get, but sometimes you get on a channel, 
And when you're listening to that channel, there's two channels coming through. And one is overriding the other. Especially when you're driving, this would happen. And so all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, 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 what were they saying? What were they saying? And you hear the other guy over-talking the one guy. Why is that? Well, you're kind of getting so far out that your reception is not as clear and you're picking up other stations. So you want to stay close and you want to stay near and you want to make sure that your station is tuned in to what the Holy Ghost is saying. Well, one of the best ways to do that is through the Word of God, that you feed upon the Word. Don't just, uh, don't just read the Word, but you feed upon it. Just like you, you know, if your body needs to be nourished with good, healthy food, so does your spirit. And so if you feed your spirit the Word of God, you know the utensil that you use to feed your spirit with the Word of God would be the Holy Ghost. In other words, you're looking to Him to provide the food or the meat or the sustenance that's in that Word. I say this because I was born again for like 20 years before I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I would read the Word, but most of the time I read the Word from here and not didn't, or received it here and not here. Now, I was born again. I had the Holy Spirit, but not, I was not baptized in the Holy Ghost, so I didn't have him in fullness like that affected like pretty much every part of my life. And so I would get what you could term revelations or see things from the Word of God that you, you know the natural mind could not see. But as I look back on it, it would almost be like uh, there was a cap on it. Uh, it was like limited light or limited revelation. Now, I'm not claiming that I have unlimited revelation. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying at all. But it was like, it would be like walking down a hallway and the doors are open and there's light in those rooms. And I could peer into those rooms and like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. And this would be more like I went into one of those rooms and now there's a connector door between all of those rooms and I'm actually walking through those rooms and I see. So what I'm saying is our lives have to be uh, reliant upon God's spirit. Person is Jesus Christ, is in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And so faith comes by hearing what he's saying to you. Or faith is made alive or awakened by what he's saying to you. You know, you can have a dead faith, but you still have faith, but it's dead. Like Adam was dead. And so faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. So it is your looking to him, your reliance upon him. So you look to him. Well, he doesn't actually speak to you, but by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit Jesus said, he will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that he will speak. Do you realize the Holy Spirit and Christ himself gave us like the perfect example to follow? If you're going to live, uh, uh, you know, adventures in God life like John Lake. That's what I meant to say earlier. He wrote that book, Adventures in God, or they wrote it about it. And um, Jesus said... I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I see him do or what I hear him say. And then the Holy, he said that the Holy Spirit, he's not even going to speak of himself, but whatever he hears that, he's going to speak. So if we try to live our life based on our own thoughts, 
that are uh, our mind that's not renewed with the word of God, or even our mind is renewed with the word of God, but we're the one given the impetus for saying that word at that moment. Do you understand when I say that? I don't want to dig a hole too deep that I can't have time to get out of. But what I'm saying is, Brother Higgins said he, he listened to some well-meaning ministers and almost died by doing it. And they gave him scriptures. He was talking about, well, I want to be home with my wife and kids, and the Lord had called her to be out on the road and different things like that. And so they said, well, you know, your job is to be with your family and do all of this, and that's what the Bible says and all of that. And, you know, I'll just add a little side note. They tried to travel together, and they decided that they wanted the kids at home because it was, it was too difficult with them being out there. Um, but anyhow, his assignment was there. So he listened to these guys, and, you know, he was healed of incurable blood disease, deformed heart, uh, you know, three, basically three death sentences he was healed of um, at the age, I think, of 17. And um, it was in 1934, however old he was then. And... Um, that heart thing came back on him because he knew what the Lord had asked him to do, but he was like, you know, these, are all, these people are all saying this and maybe their price is too great. And his wife had the same kind of attitude about it. So they made a consecration dedication as his heart was like erratic. Said, Lord, we'll do whatever you want and got right back on God's territory. The Lord wasn't doing that to him. Well, you have to understand what happens is uh, if you take a step outside of uh, the word of God and the direction of the Lord, well, then you get on other territory, and then you're exposed to other things. It doesn't mean that legally you don't have healing and health and all of these things, but you cannot separate walking by faith from the leading of the Spirit of God because your faith is in the person of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is the one that leads you, guides you, and communicates for Christ and for God to you. So the two go together. You know, I guess one other illustration I'll close with is, you remember the, the um, there was a uh, minister and his wife and they were traveling and uh, they were on their way home and stayed at a hotel and he'd gotten up early and loaded the car with everything except for his wife's uh, toiletry and makeup bag because she was putting on makeup. And um, as he was loading the car, uh, something on the inside, someone on the inside said, wait 10 minutes. But he was in a hurry and he wanted to go. So he got his wife's uh, makeup box, put it in the car, and they left because he said, Psalm 91, no accident will overtake me. No evil will befall me. I'm a man of God. We speak the word and we're protected. And we prayed and asked the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, the Lord to protect us. So they set out, went, went around this corner, going around this corner. There's a whole pile of cars. They couldn't stop in time. They slammed into the pile of cars, actually killed a woman in the process. Another car came and slammed into them. His wife got severely injured, ended up in the hospital. And um, they're telling Brother Hagin why, you know. And... Um, then he told him the story. He said, you know, I had this, this uh, something on the inside that said, wait 10 minutes. And he said, you know what? 10 minutes, exactly 10 minutes after we were in that accident, a patrol car pulled up 
right before you go around the corner, had his lights flash and was slowing people down. If we'd have waited 10 minutes, we'd have been prevented from that. So what I'm trying to say is, Christianity is a relationship with a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. That's called faith in God. And if, you, if it's a relationship, you need to be communicating. You need to stay in relationship and listen. And then things that would have happened that shouldn't happen, that are not the will of God, will be prevented. And things that should happen that wouldn't happen if you didn't listen and follow, those will actually happen. So it's not a scary thing. I hope you know, everybody got real somber and everything. but <laughs> It's not a scary thing. But what it is is you just got to look to the inside. Because even Jesus said in that verse I quoted, you know him. So actually, when you're born again, you know the voice of the Holy Ghost. The thing is, we just get preoccupied doing other things, and we try to, people have different personalities, and many times we will try to work something out through our, the power of our flesh, right? So like sometimes if you're very physical-minded, you're like, well, I'll just do it, you know, and you know, all of a sudden you realize you don't have as much strength as what you thought you had. Um, but you know in your heart when you're doing that, I should really pray right now and ask the Lord to help me find this thing <laughs> instead of tearing my whole house apart. <laughs> but where the rubber meets the road is this is a lifestyle. Because if you don't live the lifestyle, then you get maybe that situation where you lost something that's very important to you or you need it because it's the, it's the, it's the key to your car and you can't leave without the key to the car. And... Um, I don't know if something happened like that this week, perhaps. And so, so you yield to the flesh when you know you should be going by what you have on the inside, and then you get so far into that, it's really hard to get back. Or maybe I should say, it feels really hard to get back. So what you want to do is live a lifestyle of yieldedness to the Spirit of God. Stand with me, if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can know him. He loves you. He wants to be near to you, close to you, talk with you every day, all the time. He wants to lead you and to guide you in the big things and the little things. He, he wants uh, to give things to you. He wants to open things to you. He wants to talk with you. If you don't know him this morning... You can't make yourself clean enough. You can't make yourself right enough. Jesus paid the price that you could be clean and pure and holy in the sight of God. If that's you this morning, uh, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Don't live another day on the devil's territory where he is like controlling you and, 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 and having his way with you. God himself sent his own son to die for you that you could live you're here this morning and you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. This is an experience after salvation. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where you are immersed into the Spirit of God and you are just so filled and flooded with God himself that uh, all the things of the earth and the world and natural ways take their proper place. If you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit and you'd like to be, slip up your hand. I'll pray with you and for you and you'll get filled with the Holy Ghost be just as wild as the rest of us. But Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. 
Thank you for the life that's in your word. Thank you for feeding us your word by your spirit. Thank you that you teach us as we look to you, as we look to your word, that your spirit, that he teaches us in all of the things, all of the things of godliness, all of the things even that affect this life that he teaches, he leads, he guides, he shows. Father, I pray for each and every person that's listening. Father, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, your son, the knowledge of your word, that the eyes of our spirit would be flooded with light. Father, that we would live far above the forces of darkness and far above the natural man and the natural things, that we would live our life here in the flesh, empowered and infused with power, yielded to the power that is from above. Father, I thank you for your spirit that he reminds us of everything that you said to us. I pray, Father, that as we go today, that you would just remind us of your word, the word that we've heard today and the word that we've heard in the past, even concerning the same thing, that we don't walk as a, as a man limited to the natural things, but we walk as a man given over to your spirit, full of life, full of love, full of hope, full of patience, that the fruits of your spirit, our recreated spirit, show up in our lives, that we allow them to dominate us, that we live a life that you have set aside and you have preordained and set up, that it's a great setup, <laughs> that you prepare for us ahead of time. And that we walk in that life and we live in that life full of joy, full of hope for the future, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, not despising the shame. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't despise this life, but we embrace it and we enjoy it. And Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for vigor and strength. We thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for truth impartations. We thank you for health in our life, freedom in our minds, strength in our inward man. Oh, Father, you are good and your mercy endures forever. There is none like you. Thank you that you're a good God, that you're a faithful God, that you're a loving God. Oh, that you are all powerful, all knowing and ever present with us. That we walk and we talk, not alone, Father, but with you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're a good God. Oh, you're so good in all of your ways, all of your thoughts. Oh, you are our utmost, our greatest hope, our greatest joy, our greatest love. We love you. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you. All of our days. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, let's just take a moment. Let's praise the Lord. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. You're good. Your mercies are new every day, every morning. All of your thoughts towards us are to help us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future, to open the path, to open fussy. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, to you be all the glory. Oh, you have given us life. You have given us life. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, you're so good. So good. I thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for just a second. Oh, basida gisto, samahala vindiki. Moshtegira gasorogosta. And the vale goshulu gusta barana masadosta bara gishta gora gasakira gishte. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no either, for you are evil, for you are with me. You are my shepherd and my comforter, my provider and the director of my life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We love you. Oh, hallelujah. We give thanks well in the Spirit. Hallelujah. We magnify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. this will open up a new day in your life and it'll be a new way, a new way to live and a new way to think. It'll actually be a way that you'll thrive. It'll be a way that you'll enter into and you'll even rise to the potential that I have set upon you and that I have called you even to this day and to this era and to this time to fulfill. So there are many that will walk and look after the ways of man and look at other ways. But there'll be some. There'll be some who enter in. There'll be some who'll respond to the voice of my spirit. And there'll be some who will follow me all the days of their life. And I will, having entered into them, not only dwell with them, but I will give them strength and I will give them power and I will give them direction. I will shed a light upon their path so that they're not walking in darkness and stubbing their toe, but they're walking in light. Hallelujah. And they're free from fear and free from fright. Oh, I will give them utterance in the Holy Ghost and I will direct their path. I will direct your way. I will show you this is heaven's desire and this is heaven's way. I will enter into uh, the ministry that I've called you into. And I will cause you to rise above. And I will not cause you to be beneath, but I'll bring you up. And I'll bring you up here and I'll bring you up there and I'll bring you up over here and I'll bring you up over there. And you'll say, oh, the Lord has done great things for me. So I'm happy. So I'm glad. So I'm full of joy. And so I'll no longer live the life of a normal person in my own strength. But now I live with my divine connection on the inside right before my consciousness. And I live receiving daily power and daily wisdom from him. I live by the one that is within. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your spirit. 
We thank you for your life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.